This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I'm Lindsay Patterson, Mike Santagato. The thing is, I just really hit a high pitch when I started this podcast because your hands went over your head like, whoa, <laughs> she's starting this right now. So I apologize in advance. How you doing, sir? Um, you know what? I'm, I'm saddened today. Okay, we're going to get to why you're sad in just a moment because I think the world is sad yeah. and we should all be sad. It should be. I mean, world should be. It's very, it's, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping for the, the best news and we'll get to that in just a moment, but it's a big week. Thursday night football is coming to town. The white tiger, white stripes, the end zones are going to get painted. The Bengals B at midfield is going to be painted. No more orange. Orange is out. It's a wide out. Make sure you wear white. If you're going to Paycor stadium, have you seen the images of the new stadium and all the all the features of what they're doing right now? Uh, no, I, I think as we talked pre-show, it was just like I saw them painting. And I was like, ooh, wonder what they're doing. And then you had to inform me they are not going to do a, a, fly, a leaping white tiger at midfield. And I'm saddened by that, too. That just added on. You know? Okay, the thing is, that is such a missed opportunity. How can you not just scrub the field? Because I want to say UC and Miami played on it last. So you had plenty of time to scrub the field and just replace it with the Flying Tiger. Why in the world did they get rid of the Flying Tiger to begin with? Yeah, I was going to say, missed opportunity. They've been missing an opportunity for over a decade now to have the Flying. Even when it was, I don't know, maybe they never had just the Tiger head at midfield. But like that would be better too. I don't like the B. Nobody likes the B. It's Mm -hmm. like fine i guess it's at least at least there's the tiny bit of creativity as you're wearing a bee hat by the way <laughs> I, am. I have a confession when i was at the super bowl uh pro shop or whatever i wanted to get a hat because i didn't have one and i found the super bowl hat and i went with the cheapest one and of course the <laughs> Bengals b was the cheapest super bowl one over the the flying tiger yeah, somebody bought me a hat, and I, I believe it also has the B on it with the AFC champs. And I'm just like, come on, Tiger Head, something. I don't know. It it just takes away any of the uniqueness about it. It's like everybody has a stupid uh, letter logo as their thing. Think of like baseball. There's like seven teams with a C. Like if you don't put the color <laughs> and try to predict which C that is, like is it the Cubs, the Reds, the Guardians, the whoever? And the thing about it is this whole this whole Thursday night football is the wideout, the helmet, the stripes, the white, the black, all of it. And that's the perfect opportunity to make it a white tiger. So, yes, I'm going to be a little bitter if that doesn't happen. Here's the thing. They could surprise us and be like, I'm not showing you guys a thing. And it'd be somewhere on the field. And I think people would still freak out. 
And I think what would really be awesome, but it would cost a lot of money. And I'm not sure if they want to do this just for one Thursday night game is to put it on, um, you know, the side where the banners are, where it says Cincinnati Bengals, maybe have a white tiger right there. That'd be sweet. Um, There's still time if they're listening to our podcast to make this happen. Where's all the pay core money going? If it's not for a white tiger, you know, probably Jamar and Joe, but (laughs) I have a feeling Something is going to be, there's going to be a white tiger there. I really do. Uh, but let's get to the sad news. That's going to be exciting. No matter what, that's going to be exciting. Oh, I cannot, like, those one helmets. More. Oh yeah. Those, helmets are very cool. I was just one more question. Just halftime ring of honor. Do you think what, what, what color do you think uh jacket that are Willie and uh, 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 Isaac are wearing? Uh, they're, I think they're Navy blue or they're black. Oh, they're black with I was orange. I remember. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what they were last time. I was like, do they go white? No, no? they won't. I don't oh. think they do. <laughs> Man. But here's the thing. They could. I mean, everything could be a yeah. big surprise because all of this stuff is released already. And I think they like to leave a little bit of suspense on what that's going to look like. But um, for the, I want to say the last time they did like a social media clip, Willie was getting fitted and it was in a, just a, a, a regular, I want to say dark jacket. But I could be wrong. They could surprise people and come out in white jackets, which would be really sweet. But at the same time, they're pretty traditional, and I think they would want to stick with all of the Ring of Honor people wearing the same jacket. Yeah, when you go back through the photos, maybe it would be a little bit weird that it's like they're all the black yeah. with orange, and then there's just those two in white. It's like, oh, yeah, that game was a whiteout <laughs> 20 years down the line. But honestly, no, like the thing about it is I've been thinking about this game a lot. And before it was even on the schedule that they were going to play the Dolphins for this game or when they were going to decide to, you know, break out the the white helmets because it was obviously a huge social media. It was going to break. I kept thinking, please be a game where you can win and dominate and you just look awesome on TV and it's not a threat to lose. You're going to just look great out there under the lights. That makes sense what the Jags game was supposed to be. Oh, that's true. And then there's like the last second. So the thing is maybe, you know, I, we are going to get to predictions and previews at the end of the game, at the end of the the show. But um, it's just what a game to debut these helmets because everyone is going to be talking about them. Not everybody was paying attention to the helmet debut in the NFL, all the fans and things like that, who are going to see this on Amazon, which the numbers are huge and crazy insane for Thursday night football right now. And, they're doing pretty good with the matchups. The games haven't been awesome, but Thursday I, night, Thursday games are just a lot of times aren't awesome. Even though yeah. I think was it the was that Rams Chiefs was that Sunday night or was that Thursday? I can't remember. I think that might have been Sunday night. Where it was like fifty-one to fifty-four. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. I knew it was a prime time, but I don't remember. It might have been. I'll just call it Sunday night, but maybe it was, it was Thursday. Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly, we, we talk about Thursday Night Football and the Jags. And, it was and Monday it. night. Nick informs us that I had no idea what yeah. I'm talking about. Honestly, I thought today was Thursday. So this week is really screwed. Oh, God, I'd hope not. I have to travel to Cincinnati. I'm like, what What day of the week is it? It's it's absolutely crazy on yeah. a short week. Then, then they come off a win after starting 0-2. Or We're recording the podcast an hour before the game. Nick, we need a quick turnaround. Come on. I do live 15 minutes from downtown. So um, I just got to record really quickly. I have my Bengals hat on for a reason. Uh, and then I'll, then I'll get downtown. But no, this whole week just flips flip shield. I don't, I don't, I'm not a huge, I will say this. I am not a huge primetime fan. 
Oh, me either. I prefer every other game. I and maybe some of that is just uh, PTSD from the Dalton years, mm-hmm. but in general, I just yeah, I don't know. I, I like to be able to, without question, possibly take a nap during the game. <laughs> that is never happening with the Bengals on prime time. I will be up until like one in the morning thinking about it. Yeah, I'm a big 1 p.m. girl. I mean, 1 p.m. on a Sunday, watch them at Paycor, watch them on the road. They win, they lose, then you get to enjoy the 4 p.m. game and then Sunday night football. It's a great triple header. Um, Not a huge fan of the primetime that is on its way because it's coming. There's a lot of primetime games on the way for the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's not ideal. I kind of like the 4 p.m. time, too. I don't know. I just don't like the night games. So I do like 4 p.m. I'm not against it. I think about that 49ers game a little bit because it was the 415, 425. Yeah, but so was the Chiefs. Yeah, why can't they just start at four? What is it going to be the 415, 425? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. It's so dumb. But um, I get the, yeah, you get the the A broadcast crew though sometimes, you know? Yeah. uh, People are turning on Tony Romo, but I still like him a lot. Love Tony Romo. I know Me too. he isn't popular. But the thing about Tony Romo, what I remember, obviously not this year with the Cowboys, but. I remember the Chiefs games last year. And I'm like, wow, when Tony was in town and Tracy, Jim, those were good games. So I I like when they're in town calling the games. And it obviously means it's a pretty big one. Uh, But moving on, let's get to the sad news. All that funness about primetime, new uniforms, ring of honor. It's a change in Cincinnati. We've talked about him plenty, plenty of times. Every single podcast we talked about him, probably every segment. DJ Reader, you've done plenty of work with him, work with him, work on him on all Bengals. Everyone needs to go check it out. I promise it's really awesome. But the it's 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 a good bad news, honestly. When he went out of the game, everybody thought the worst guys out for the season. Obviously, he's battled a season injury, season ending injury before. And you didn't want this to be the case because he's playing at an all-time high. And we've talked about it on the pod where all pro. He could be an all pro this year. And reports today, multiple people reporting them, Kelsey Conway over at the Enquirer, NFL Network. Um, it's kind of the speculation is he's going to miss at least a month and you're sad and I'm sad. And I think a lot of people should be sad. What does that mean? Okay. So we'll just start with his individual impact on the defense. Now I thought this was going to be a bad injury at first. And then he's kind of very, a little bit nonchalant about like, yeah, it's not that serious. I was just hanging out in the locker room. So I'm just kind of building up that confidence. Like I was like, ah, it'll be fine. Maybe this is like one or two weeks. It's a month at least. Um, Next gen stats had some good stats on this. Um, not you know the, the biggest stat guy I like watching, but you know I think these tell a good story. When he's on the field, the Bengals have faced nearly 300 carries. When he's off the field, nearly 200. Uh, six 0.6 less yards per carry when he's on the field. 0.6 less yards before contact per carry. So they are getting more. It's at 0.8. They're less than a yard downfield before somebody's able to contact the running back. The stuff rate, no idea what that means, but it's higher, 21.5% to 12.6% off. The defensive success rate in general is uh, 66, or run run defensive uh, success rate, 66.2% on the field, 56.8% off the field. And he is currently number one among interior defensive linemen with at least 40 pass rushes in his pressure rate leader stats. Uh, To go with that, I talked about it on my Twitter um he's more than a pff score i don't love the way pff scores kind of get treated like your 
I don't know, Pokemon like power level. <laughs> it's like these guys actually, you know, they are making a different type of impact on the field too. So his on the field impact individually is that he's very good at stopping the run. He controls both a gaps. Uh, he lets the defense play too high when they need to. So when it comes to his impact surrounding him, um, I think they, the reason the Bengals have this nice odd front structure is fully dependent on his ability to control the a gaps because when you an odd front is somebody head up over the center dj reader in this case so he controls both the a gaps and it lets the linebackers flow without having to take on blocks it lets uh the defense play too high because they don't have to bring that safety down to take one of the gaps because the nose tackle is taking two of them he's also probably the only guy on the team that can consistently take on these double teams and win think of that play from week one where he makes a stop on crazy stop but uh this i think has an impact against miami even if they're not that great at running the ball right now they have some explosive backs so do you on mixed first and second down first and whatever second and medium to short not second and long uh do you try to play plus one in the box now do you try to just put you know tupo i think is the only guy with the body type to fit what he does do you just put him at zero tech or do you try to do a whole bunch of stunts and blitzes to try to make up for it? I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff going through my mind on just the run defense aspect, but it also affects the pass defense because now I think you may see less too high structures, maybe not against the dolphins because speed kills you want to cover that. But uh, he's one of the big reasons why you can stay too high so much just because the safety doesn't have to come down to play the run at least quickly because reader is there to take up, two guys spots essentially in defending the run. So I want to get all that out of the way just to say this sucks because man, he was having an all pro year. Like maybe had a case, best defensive tackle in the league, definitely best nose tackle. And uh, for those of you who are degenerates like me and are wondering, well, does he still have a shot at pro bowl, all pro small market uh, plays nose tackle. So two big strikes, but yes, uh, I asked Jake Lisko. Uh, friend of me and maybe the show yes 100 <laughs> percent. okay yeah friend of the show didn't want to speak for Lindsay, but uh i i basically asked um has anybody named, been named to an all pro approval after missing six or more weeks yeah just last year brandon scherf and tyrants and tyron smith both did and lamar uh, missed five games and made the pro bowl in 2019, Andres Pete, Brandon Scherf again, and Trent Brown made the Pro Bowl despite six, missing six games. All Pro Levante David missed five and made it. Bryce Callahan, Eric Kendricks, Wyatt Teller, Jamal Adams in 2020 all missed five or more. And Quinton Dunbar and Chris Jones missed four or more in 2019. So there is precedence that he could still do, he could still come back and be a Pro Bowl or All Pro like he deserves. I don't have the highest hopes because nose tackles don't get that love, but. I do have some hopes. <laughs> I think where the hope comes from, and again, I'm always looking for the optimism. Uh, Jay Morrison talked to him and the group of media talked to him right after the game and said his spirits were so high. Um, obviously, you'd be really down and, and not knowing so much about an injury right when it happened. You're going to get more M M MRIs. You're going to go back to Cincinnati. You're going to talk to some more of the doctors just to make sure you know you can get a better outlook for that. But he said he just seemed so upbeat. Um, that he knew it wasn't severe. And then the reports come out today where, hey, it's going to be at least a month. But at the same time, you know, he's walking around the locker room today in a knee brace, which is smart. 
because we still don't know a lot about the injury and Zach Taylor didn't share much today either. So, you know, it is something to keep an eye on and we can be optimistic that maybe it's let maybe it's four games, you know, maybe it is five games that you're going to miss him. He's going to be missed on this defense, no matter what. And we will see that on Thursday night when he's not out there. Um, but yeah, no, just all the best to DJ reader. It's really unfortunate when a guy's off to a really hot start. Um, obviously we've talked about the record enough. They, they started out one and two, but the guy was playing just, it, he, he's so exciting to watch. He's one of their best free agent signings. Uh, and it's, it's just a bummer. That's just all I can say. It's, it's a bummer. And, and we hope that DJ gets back right. And, uh, they don't miss him too much on the defensive side until he gets back out there. But now we get to talk about the offensive line. We're going to get to all of that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Let's talk about the offensive line. We've dedicated the second segment on Tuesdays to what this offensive line is starting to look like. It was pretty bad week one and week two. Week three, you're not going against TJ Watt. You're not going against Micah Parsons. Jets do have talented guys on the defensive side. But how did this offense look? You give me some some good, then we'll get to some bad, and then maybe some okay. (laughs) Okay. So I did think that they were better than the past two weeks, I would say, I I think, but um, it's still not perfect. I still would like more, but we'll start with the good as always uh, and start with the guy. Everybody wants to be good. Cordell Volson. He's facing, I'm not sure who number 97 is, but uh, in a three tech. So just on his outside shoulder on a pass rush situation, um, he gets out and the guy gets one good arm into him, which that's not great right into his chest. That is uh, your chest as an offensive lineman is your head as a boxer. You got to protect that, but you got to have ways to get that hand off of you because it's, you can't be hundred percent. He, once again, if you remember from week one, where he got a snatch trap on Cam Hayward, he gets one here on number 97, gets him to fall down on his face, gives Burrow time. And uh, it is the chase deep ball that Sauce was able to break up, but still really good offensive line play. Wanted to shout that out because I was impressed. I I like seeing my weekly snatch trap from Volson. So the second one, um, I actually thought Jonah was probably the best offensive lineman in this game, which I don't think was the reaction after watching live. But uh, he did a really good job on Lawson, I thought. Lawson tried a lot. Goodness. Lawson tried a lot of moves on him, but he was very patient. He was very uh, explosive to get out of his stance to match his speed. He's patient, so he's not falling for any of the tricks. And he got inside of his chest a lot. So on this one, Lawson is uh, not too tight, but he's not at like a real wide situation. 
And Jonah's kind of taking a little bit of a vertical set, which means he's going more backwards than he is out. Lawson throws a flash of his hand, his long arm. You know, we all know one of his signature moves. Then he tries to chop the outside hand. Jonah waits through both of that and then clamps into his chest with both hands. Lawson's able to get his hands off of him, but then the ball's out and Jonah actually finishes by putting Lawson into the ground. Uh, that was on the T Higgins should have been touchdown heel tap nonsense. And then the last nice play, want to shout out Hakeem Adeniji, who played the extra offensive lineman in this game. Always got to find one of these guys who's not a starter that had a great block. He, it's a rep of wide zone where Samaje Piran's at running back. Adeniji has a guy just inside of him, would call that, I think, a six technique, even though he's not technically a tight end. Uh, so they're going to do a combo block, him and Collins, which is what it sounds like. Two guys come together, they combine get some movement and then Adenji is going to leave to the next level. So he knocks the guy over so that Collins gets a great job to turn his hips and seal him to the inside. Then Adenji goes to the next level, gives a little bit of a hand to Mitchell Wilcox and then goes and finds the linebacker and is able to drive him out of the play. Um, although Piran ends up running into him because of other situation. I thought that was really nice to see from a, what's essentially your swing tackle. So he's not a starter, but that was a really nice rep to me uh, for if he does have to play, it looks like he, I mean, honestly, might be one of the better wide zone people on the team because the, the team isn't the best at running it, but he looked really good on that play. When you think of the bad who played bad, who was the, I mean, honestly, if you name some of those guys, you felt Jonah played pretty well. And I don't think he's getting the credit on social media. If you were to ask people what the no. offensive line looks like, everyone's like, man, this guy's still bad. What's Jonah doing? He's such a disappointment. And you go back and watch his tape and you like what he you, you saw against Lawson, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras. Those have been some of the strong points in week one and week two. How did they look on Sunday? Disappointing pointing compared to what they have been um so quinn williams was able to just maul ted karras in a pass rush situation usually the center doesn't have to block a guy one-on-one -on -one. he does in this situation just because of uh the jets were in a little bit of an overload look so he's gonna have to take the nose tackle volson has to take the uh it was a five technique and jonah has to get out wide to get lawson and the he wasn't able to handle uh Quinn and Williams one on one, and Kappa tries to give help, but Karis lost so bad to start that he's not able to get in front of him, give him any help. And then the other side of that is actually Volson and Jonah didn't do a good job of passing off their son. The guy gets inside of Jonah and gets involved in that sack as well. That was not my favorite play to watch. <laughs> And then the other one was probably my least favorite play to watch. And it's Alex Kappa going against uh, Sheldon Rankins, I believe. And Rankins gets a strong two hands into his chest and knocks him completely off balance, drives him back into Burrow and then makes the sack right around the ankles. This is where Burrow kind of came up a little bit limpy and he just, you need to have a firmer pocket than that for him to be able to step up and trust that he can put his plant leg down um i mean he's burrow's probably back at like seven yards and by the time he hits the bottom of his drop cap is back at five yards that's as bad as rankins knocked him back and then obviously pushed him back the last two yards to get the sack 
And lastly, uh, another kind of disappointing game from Lyle Collins in pass protection. Uh, Jacob Martin is a guy I kind of like, but what I don't like is seeing Lyle Collins get beat by him a couple of times because he is not Micah Parsons' TJ Watt. And uh, while Martin has a pretty good cross chop, he got Collins with it twice at least. That's twice that I found and didn't get a sack. Didn't even hit the quarterback on this particular play where it's another overload situation. He's one-on-one with Martin. Martin gets a good get off of the line. And then Collins tries to hit him with a two-hand punch, which is both your hands going at the same time. Willie Anderson hates that. Most offensive line, modern offensive line coaches hate that. It's kind of an old school type thing. He chops it down, is able to beat the hands rips through, bends, and gets pressure on Burrow. It actually ends up okay. Uh, ends up in an uh, incomplete pass, but not a sack or anything. But want to see Collins just be able to handle the Jacob Martins of the world compared to losing those. Yeah, I mean, you still have to wonder with, with Collins. It was the beginning of their night practice. Cincinnati Bengals only practice one day this week, which isn't surprising. Monday, it's an install day. Tuesday, you're getting your one day of practice. And Thursday, it's or Wednesday, it's going to be a walkthrough. Thursday's the game. So they change it up. They go in primetime practice. I actually don't remember them ever doing this. Maybe in the Marvin Lewis era, they would kind of switch up their practice time. And Lyle, Lyle Collins wasn't out there to begin practice. So I have a feeling it's going to be light for him. And we'll see what we saw last week where he'll be ready to go. Because he said after the game that he felt fine. Uh, but, I mean, there still could be a lingering injury issue because of we know what happened in camp he didn't get much training camp out there reps and he just kind of looks a little off in week one week two and and even week three so to be determined on what their offensive line looks like but I think all starters will be good to go on Thursday night let's talk about the quarterback there's been uh there's been a lot of talk about Joe B over the last couple weeks in the offensive line but Joe and we've talked about in our recap after the game he kind of gave you glimpses of what Joe 2021 looked like. And I think that was refreshing for a lot of Bengals fans to see. And, you know, obviously playing with the lead is so much better for him when you can just go out and I thought they were going to put 40 on the jets. Uh, what did you think about nine on Sunday? Yeah. Uh, again, thought he was pretty good, not perfect, but I mean, good enough to beat anybody really. Uh, not that he will beat anybody. That's what I think he's, at his best is, you know, they will probably beat anybody. I guess I do think of the second half of that 49ers game, but the ball got taken out of his hand in overtime. We don't want to talk about it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, so when he's on fire, they will beat anybody. When he's like this, he could beat anybody. And I think if he plays this well, he could beat the Dolphins, even though they're a very good team. They We'll, we'll get more into that in the next section, but I, I think they are a good team. And I think if Joe plays this well, they could beat them. Probably requires just a little bit of help from his defense. Uh, this this feels like Joe will probably – this was a competitive game. He's probably dropping 30-plus. I, I don't think that this ends up like a 27-point game. I just think they were up so much. I mean, they took an eight-minute drive, and then actually they should have scored 30 because Evan missed a, like a 40-yard field goal. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. But uh, yeah, I I thought this was a good game. He missed a couple. Um, the main miss I think of is they ran sale against a quarter, quarter, half look and uh, ignore the half part of this, just say quarters, because that's what this side of the field got. And when you run sale with this like real 
inside post, almost like a go route, just a tiny bit of break inside. The corner has outside leverage, so he's to the outside. Of, it was T. Higgins, and that's a great look because the other safety not involved in this, then the safety close to him is going to come down on the sail route, which is basically like a an out a little bit further vertical in between a corner and an out. Uh, so there runs that the safety nails down on that. So he's one-on-one with DJ Reed, who's given up seven inches on him and he has leverage and he's in a full sprint and Reed isn't in a full sprint. And that I think was the biggest miss of the day from Burrow was that was probably six. And I'm pretty sure that is the read he was supposed to make was throw that ball, uh, whatever went wrong. Um, I think there are a few reasons why he wouldn't have thrown it, but yeah, I, I thought that and I was like, oh man, ah, you almost had a huge, huge play. And T Higgins almost had a monster day if he caught that. So I think that was a little bit of a miss. I think when Burrow's on fire, he hits things like that. He's really throwing the ball down the field a lot, which he did a lot in this game. And his stats would look better um, if Chase had a better game. He had lost that one in the lights. He didn't come down with the one on sauce where he it was a 50-50 ball. You know, he comes down with a lot of those. Uh, and also, you know, Chase had a, a few drops. So um, when Chase is on and Burrow's on, you know, like that that would have been only a pretty good game from Burrow and probably like 350 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, that's the thing. Jamar Chase had a bad game, but when you have the wide receivers this team has with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and yes, that touchdown didn't count and it's so the rule's so dumb i don't even want to get into it and they try to explain it i was like stop it gene nobody wants to hear your recap of this dumb rule um but when they have okay games you you can have chase have an off day you don't want that all the time you want chase to make those catches you don't want the drops out there uh but yeah he he didn't have the best day out of jamar chase and and that's okay too when other guys are lighting it up we do have a few questions i want to get to one because we have to wrap up i'm trying to be on time for nick on this tuesday preview podcast that it's crazy to think we are previewing the game because it's thursday night football aaron brings up something that we talked a little bit about on our last podcast. He says, why is Hayden Hurst getting outsnapped by Mitchell Wilcox? My opinion in this game alone was because he was battling that hamstring at practice. So I think he got a little less reps action out there, but he was still there. He was still a full participant and went full go against the Jets. But that's just my opinion in this game on why we see less snaps from Hayden Hurst. I 100% agree. I mean, Hayden Hurst is the guy. He's not going to get outsnapped by Wilcox and these other. He wasn't outsnapped by Sample, who was the tight end too. So it's probably to me, it's all injury. I don't think they're so disappointed in him that they're looking elsewhere. I think that's that's just an injury thing. They wanted to play him sparingly. Um, also, you know, you got the short week, and they probably saw they were up. So you know, I, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I, I would think like, ah, you know what, let. Wilcox take this drive or something like that. Or like, let Wilcox take a few snaps, rest your hamstrings. We're up 15. If we really need you to come back, we'll put you back in and you'll get more snaps. But, you know, we're running. I don't know. We're, did anyone, I, I guess I'd have to go back and look, but I do think on that play I talked about with Adenogy, that was Wilcox and Adenogy, no uh, Hurst. So, like, did some of this come on that eight minute drive that it was just all running the ball? Because that also is a situation where, yeah, Hurst, take a breather. <laughs> 
And that's the thing. We've talked about it before. We just mentioned the wide receivers, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase. When Joe Mixon is on, on the ground, in the air, Samaj P. Ryan, we got to give him credit because <laughs> he saw the end zone too. And then you got Hayden Hurst out there. Joe Burrow said it after the game. He wants to get everybody the ball. He felt like he did a good job of doing that in the Jets game. And I think he did. Um, you know, a lot of some of the throws, he, he, some just very, the ones that were drops, he would like back. But overall, when you have that many playmakers, yeah, Hayden Hurst, he'll, he'll be out there. I think he'll be fine. And honestly, I feel like we'll get a better injury report tomorrow morning and, and know where these guys are at and how Hayden's feeling. Hopefully the hamstrings better because you're going to need all your weapons when you go up against this Miami team next. We get to go over the preview predictions, all that fun stuff on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Preview, prediction, all of that crazy stuff. It feels weird to do on a Tuesday. It already feels like a Thursday, but good thing it isn't because that's game day. Bengals, undefeated Miami Dolphins coming to town. Some people have the Miami Dolphins as the best team in football. I think that is so bizarre. Maybe I will be completely wrong about it. Doesn't mean I don't. they're not talented. I think Tua is playing great. He has great receivers. I like their defense. Their credit to their coaches. I like what they're doing, too. Uh, best team in football. I mean, it's crazy. Best team in football is coming to town, according to a lot of experts out there. And um, that's a little scary when it's a short week, even for the home team. Cincinnati's coming off their first win. They're trying to get two together. Obviously, a disappointing start. They start one and two, but finally see something going in the first half for this offense. This defense is something else. And, yes, I know the quarterbacks they went against. Cooper Rush, Mitch Trubisky. This past week in Joe Flacco, you don't have to remind me, but they still got the win versus Joe Flacco. You move on to this game, and I am making my prediction and thinking about it as we are talking about it. I don't know who I want to take in this game. I'm going to make one because I feel like we have to. Man, I'm feeling way too optimistic about it. Thursday night magic. Will we see more of this 2021 team? I don't want anything to do with that Jags game from last year where it's coming down to the last second. There was a lot of those games and overtime and just close fourth quarters. I trust Lou. I really trust Lou. I know you're going to be without DJ reader. Uh, the dolphins. I mean, to be fair, they got a little banged up too. Two teams that are coming off short weeks. They do have the talent out there, wide receivers. I mean, they faced Tyreek Hill before, but you didn't have Waddle on the other side. And that terrifies me just a little bit. At the same time, and again, we'll have this tape if we need to come back to it, and I'm completely wrong. I look what this offense did in the first three weeks, and it's good. It's great. You have those playmakers, yeah. I just like what I've seen from this defensive unit where there's just so many underrated players. We talk about it every time they're on the field. I mean, you get Logan Wilson out there, the linebacker room. Jermaine Pratt is back at practice tonight as we're recording this on a Tuesday night. That room is loaded. Cheeto, give him credit. Nobody is. Uh, we called him a top 10 cornerback, maybe top 12. I can't remember. We didn't really want to go too high. You still have your playmakers on the defensive side, even if they aren't getting the credit that they deserve. Trey Hendrickson had his coming out party against Joe Flacco. That's totally fine. Go ahead and have it. And then you get week two when you come home. I think home atmosphere is different under the lights. 
there's a lot of games I think about last year. I mean, the playoff game is the one where it's dark out. It's loud. It was the loudest I've ever heard. And I do think that played a factor into that playoff game. Yes, the Dolphins are better than I think the Raiders were when they came to town. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on this defense. Offensively, I think. You got, you just got to get, you got to get off to a hot start. It feels like coach speak every week when I say that, because obviously you want to get off the hot start. You want to put points on the board, but when this offense is able to get off the hot start, I feel like they have fun out there and Joe can move the ball around, give it to all the wide receivers. He would like, I still like these playmakers. I like these wide receivers. Yeah. I'm going Bengals and I don't think it's going to be a crazy point game. I don't think it's, I don't even think it's going to hit 35. I'm going to say 30. Bengals, 27 Dolphins. All right. I feel like I was preaching. <laughs> um, yeah, so. You're like, how do I, how, what do I say now? I, yeah, I've, uh, man, I'm thinking a lot about this game too. Um, the Miami injury list is fascinating to me because here are all the did not practices from Monday. I'm not sure if. They had a full practice or anything. Teron Armstead, top two left tackle in the league. Seath and Carter, our old friend. I don't know how much that one matters, but I thought that was interesting seeing him. Special teams guy. Yeah. Xavier Howard, one of the better cornerbacks in this league, their best corner. Robert Hunt, their starting right guard. Melvin Ingram, their best pass rusher. Uh, Tua, <laughs> have no idea if he's playing. Back ankle, maybe head. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, groin. I think a lot of these guys are going to play. I think they're probably getting rest because it's short week. But, man, almost any of those guys missing, and I'm like, oh, man, that is a huge loss. Except maybe Stephen Carter, but I don't know. He's probably doing a lot on special teams. He was a special teams ace for the Bengals. Uh, and then I thought, well, okay. So I want to look at that, and then I want to look at what are they doing coverage-wise. And they play a lot of single high. Uh, over 40% of their snaps are cover three. That's their most common coverage shell. About 35% is cover one, and that's their second most co common coverage shell. They almost never play quarters or quarter, quarter, half. They have seven reps between the two of them all year out of like 200 or so reps. So, but they do play a little bit of cover two, and I know the Bengals have struggled with that. And Sala was stubborn. When I got back on the film, I was like, oh, my God, you didn't call cover two, like, at all. So I thought, I was like, ah, man. So I wish I felt more confident about their ability to beat the Tampa 2 type stuff through the air. Early downs, it's almost all cover one, cover three type stuff. They want to be plus one in the box. I know they love to blitz, too. Um, and they have a good pressure package. I will say that much that I think sometimes we think of blitz, Burrow beats the blitz. Whew, man, it is harder when uh, the the beating the blitz is um, coming from a really talented and really well coached unit. When it comes to third down and seven or longer, including fourth down in that, they still play single high. Like I remember, I looked at that and I thought, oh my god, they're not. That's not when they play cover two. That's when they mostly play cover one. So they really trust their corners. If they do that type of stuff, cover one, cover three, or both single higher coverages that I think the Bengals offense should do great. If they try to play cover two, I feel a little bit more mixed about it. And even though they're playing more than average rate of that, it is interesting to me that they're not doing it on third and long. What In third and long, they're getting into their cover one type stuff. So with all that said, ah, man, 
It's really tough. I'm trying to go through it in my mind. I think if Teron Armstead plays, I think that's a tough matchup for Trey Hendrickson. And this is one of those situations where I pray that they would just move Trey Hendrickson to the other side once in a while. Because why waste your best pass rusher on one of the best left tackles in the league when the right tackle isn't anything to write home about? I don't know, but they don't. And they they didn't against San Francisco, but they still man- he still managed a sack against them. <laughs> it wasn't against trade. It was like a stunt type thing. Ah, anyway, all this to say, um, I think it's going to be a sloppy game. Thursday night always is. I think <sighs> all the injuries on Miami – Make me want to pick the Bengals. Like I think like, I'm going to pick oh, the I Dolphins. I think I'm going to pick the Dolphins. 24-21. I think it's really close. I think it's going to be an annoying game. I think it's going to be a frustrating game. I think it's going to be a Thursday game. I, I definitely think the Bengals can win. And this isn't like, this is, I feel good about this prediction. Clearly, I don't. I've been trying to talk myself out of picking the Dolphins by looking through their injury report and their coverage stuff and everything. But it just feels like, uh, Melvin Ingram against Law Collins is just where Law Collins has been the past three weeks is a big mismatch. And I don't think their corners as good as they are can really hang with the Bengals wide receivers, but does the pressure break down? Does Burrow give a great performance? I think we might need a great Burrow performance. And then also obviously missing DJ reader to me, maybe that's bigger than it is to everybody else, but to me that's big. So can they manage to stop the run? Because Mostert and Edmonds are two of the fastest running backs in the league. Like they, I know the, their run game hasn't looked that impressive, but it's explosive. So if they can get it off, the whole offense is just very fast. It just seems like speed cranked to 11. Um, it's kind of fun that way, not against your team. But when you just watch it, it's like, oh, my goodness. Hill, Waddle, Mostert, Edmonds, all these guys on the field at once. And even Gesicki gave the Bengals problems last time they played the Dolphins, from what I remember. I don't know. I pick a 24-21 Dolphins. But I will say, I picked, you know, for all Bengals, I had a streak going of picking against the Bengals uh, in the divisional game. I picked the Titans. And then I picked the Chiefs in the championship game. So sometimes this is a little bit of emotional hedging. It's, I'm not picking, you know, I want the Bengals to win. I'm going to pick them just just, just in case, a little, a, little, <laughs> a little money on the money line, just in case, you know. I don't know. I, I'm nervous about the game. I think it's going to be a very close game. But, man, the team just hasn't given me enough confidence to pick them against a team that's 3-0, even though it's Thursday night at home. Yeah, I think you mentioned it. We need a great Burrow. Because we haven't, and no offense to Joe Burrow, he's done enough with what he had. I know he had a struggling offensive line. It's his whole career here. It's, we've talked about it plenty of times. I need to see the, the Joe MVP type that we saw last year under the lights. And maybe he does because that dude can be Superman sometimes. He truly can. He can come out and be like, you know what? I'm going to make it all work. And I do not care. I mean, clips from last year when the Jags were trying to blitz him. And he's like, don't blitz me. Like, no, 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 no. You're going to, you're going to try that. I'm, I'm going to get back up and throw a touchdown pass and tie the game and win the game. He's a different dude. And if he can be that, and, and we start to see that. I mean, this is a perfect short mini buy before you go take on the Baltimore Ravens. And I know all eyes are on this game, but man, it would be a huge boost to go back to two and two and feel like season back on. We're starting from scratch. It's time to gain some, gain some ground. I also think the fourth quarter 
is going to be something because that's where Miami likes to, to put on the points, man. That's where they can just put them up. And this team, this Bengals defense, doesn't give up touchdowns in the second half. So I think what that's going to look like, halftime adjustments, maybe the Bengals are down. Maybe I mean, it's just there's so many things that so, can happen. Both the teams are second half teams. So it's the first half and like three nothing and everybody's kind of got the wind deflated when they bring out the Ring of Honor guys again, just like Jacksonville. I'm going to be excited either way. I'm going to make sure that I'm in the – I think we're both going to be there. I'm making sure I'm yelling for Willie and Isaac no matter what. Uh, last year I did that for them, but I remember looking around like, man, the crowd just looks defeated that they're like, oh, my God, how are we losing to the Jags? Well, it was funny because not funny, but the the part is everyone was like, need a ring of honor. I want a ring of honor in Cincinnati. And you look around and no one's there. Everybody's out of their seats going and getting some food. I mean, obviously the place was packed, but it was it was like, yeah, they finally did it. Uh, but no, I, dude, I don't know. I truly don't know. I think I, th- I, th- I think it's gonna be a really good game. I think it's gonna be really close. I just, man, I think it just comes down to maybe even who wins the turnover battle. Something as simple as that, really. Just like. Who is less sloppy? Who can take advantage of that? Who can win the short fields? I don't think the Dolphins have been the best team in the NFL. I think it's a lot of the Ravens went wild in the second half of that game with what they were trying to do. I have no idea what the defensive coordinator, he's just like no idea what he was thinking. So against most teams, I don't think they can make that comeback, but that is the advantage of having all that speed. The offense has only really looked good in that half. They weren't great against the Bills, even though the Bills were missing almost their entire secondary, and they weren't great against the Patriots, which we don't know if the Patriots are an elite defense, but I, I don't think they are. <laughs> I think they've got a really good coach, and I, I think, you know, all of that, but I don't think I'd put them with the Steelers with Watt or the Cowboys right now in my mind. I, I So I don't know. I think the defense can be annoying for them, though. They get their hand on a lot of balls. They get a lot of pressure. They do a lot of funky exotic looks to try to confuse the offensive line quarterback. I think Burrow is very smart. I think actually, yeah, the key matchup of the game is probably can the Bengals protect against these exotic looks without wasting too many guys because they get in a bunch of seven man protection and they just keep bringing four. That's not great for the wide receivers because now you're thinking three wide receivers that are eligible against seven defenders. Not great, (laughs) but if they can, protect against the blitz while also getting their guys out on the route. So you get five against seven. That's nice. Man, it's going to be a wild game. It, I, it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be normal. It'll just, it, it could be very frustrating or it could be exciting. We don't know. <sighs> getting pressure on Tua probably also the second biggest deal to me. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if you can rely. I, I'm good. This is actually my old Bengals piece this week is going to be a preview of Trey Hendrickson versus Teron Armstead. And while I think, the world of Trey Hendrickson. I think of the world of Teron Armstead. This is two all pro caliber players going at it. Teron Armstead just blanked Von Miller. <laughs> so it doesn't give you great confidence about it, but can you put together two games like that? And he's missing practice because he's injured. There's a whole lot of factors into it. And can you generate pressure elsewhere? I think is the big one. Can you get Mike Hilton blitz, Von Bell blitz, or even Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson blitzes, that generate this pressure on third down so that the dolphins can't, you know, keep converting first downs or you get the ball back. The pressure causes a turnover, a whole bunch of different things. I think if it's just the four guys rushing, especially because reader was their second best pass rusher just right now, as it looked 
Reader was their second best pass rusher. So does somebody else step up? Because I don't think either the guards are that great. So do you get a big BJ Hill, Cam Sample, whoever on the inside type game? I don't know. There's a whole bunch that's going into this. I think it's a very close, good game. And uh, I am struggling with my pick of the Dolphins now because I really want the Bengals to win. And I can definitely talk myself into it. So I need to stop before I change my prediction. But, hey, if uh, the Bengals win, you know, yeah. You could dunk on me. I'm okay with that. I'll be happy. I'll be happy that the Bengals won. That is totally fine. You're taking the Dolphins. I'm taking the Bengals, but you want the Bengals to win. So we will see what happens in that matchup. I hope it's a great game. Thursday night football coming to town, Paycor Stadium. Bengals undefeated Dolphins. We'll see what happens. Should be a good time. Thank you as always for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.